Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by a student at Georgetown studying international politics. She learned guitar during the pandemic and has been putting out amazing songs ever since. Her new song, Could I Be Your Muse, is out now. Please welcome the fantastic Sophia Marie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, So why... During the pandemic, did you decide you wanted to pick up the guitar? Yeah, I I'd always like I loved singing. I was always a huge singer. Um, ever since I was really young, I would always just like randomly start singing songs when people said words. But I realized, and I always liked writing a lot. Like I loved writing in my notebook and writing lyrics, but making songs from that just had really weird melodies and were kind of crappy. So I was like, I really want to learn how to you know, play an instrument. And I think I just never carved out enough time for me, for myself to just learn it and just force myself to learn something that could make, you know, better formulated songs until the, until COVID came around. And I'm like, well, I have no excuse. I'm doing, you know, I'm just like sitting around doing work on online, doing school online. And so I stole my sister's guitar teacher and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to learn how to play chords and stuff. And since then it's just been like, <laughs> crazy just writing songs and stuff but that was really the real catalyst was like there was no excuse to not learn an instrument so I was like I gotta do this now <laughs> yeah if you could uh collaborate with any musician living or dead who would you pick okay um well Lana Del Rey is like my favorite artist I just love her so much I love her emotional volatility I feel like she just understands like the extremes of everything. I love how like dramatic she is. I love how cinematic all of her songs sound. Like the strings in her music are just like, they're so orchestral and very filmic. And so I I really, I like that aspect of her um, music, like especially on her album, Honeymoon. So I really think that would be cool to just, that comes with a lot of a huge budget as well. So if I were to collaborate with her, that'd be great because I think you'd have just like, 
all these elements of like a soundtrack with just amazing, amazing voice. So that would be amazing to collaborate with her. I've recently really gotten into um, Ethel Kane, who's a musician, and she is just so wonderful. I love her. The effects she does to her vocals are incredible. And I think she sings about, I, I just love the way she sings about the female gaze. Like she describes men in such a way that I very much relate to. And I think her her song, her lyrics especially, just really um, are a direction I think I want to go more into and explore. So I think those two would be like phenomenal to collaborate with. Nice. Describe your latest project using only one word. Ooh, okay. I would say immortalized or immortalization. Um, so Could I Be Your Muse was really a song that was spurred off of um, just looking at my role, like identity as an artist, and um, just kind of being really, feeling like it was kind of unfair that I was writing all these songs about people that I've liked in my life, and that a lot of times I'd like people that weren't artistic in any way, so I'd get nothing in return, and so I kind of, it was a I guess another word I would use like unfairness or something, but it was just a mere observation, but the concept of like immortalizing someone and wanting to be immortalized yourself was something that really came up often. And uh, in the song I used, you know, the birth of Venus, Botticelli's birth of Venus in the Uffizi gallery to really uh, focus on that, that aspect of like staring at her and, and realizing that I'm, I'm doing this for a lot of people in a way less audience way, like a way less, spectacular way but I'm immortalizing someone and like when's it my turn to be immortalized so I think immortalization immortalize is like a good word to encompass the entire song I think it's a fantastic word I love that who is an artist that if they popped into this zoom right now and they were like Sophia you've got to come on tour with me right now who are you dropping everything for Ooh, okay, so Caroline Polachek has a new tour, and I love her so much. I think she's phenomenal. Every element, like, also, if, well, Ethel Kane just finished hers, and Lana, we don't know, but, like, Caroline has just, she's, like, amazing songwriting, amazing vocals, um, her production quality, like, all of her visuals are insane, and so that's someone, and she's going on tour right now, and I'm seeing her in Los Angeles in late April, so that was someone that I would just be like, yes, totally, I love her. I love her vibe so much. I saw her at Coachella and I was like front row for her and I knew all of the words to her songs. And she literally, someone also val validated this because I have bad eyesight. And I was like, did she point at me? And he was like, no, like she pointed at you because you knew all the words. I was like, yes. So I'm a huge fan of Caroline. I think she's phenomenal. Um, just so, just superior in like every single element of what it is to be a musician. So that's someone that I would just be like, yes, totally on tour with you totally caroline if you're uh if you're listening to this and uh you're looking for a support act let's uh let's make that happen for sophia yes please please we also have that i think like she has a very like she loves to romanticize um different places and geographical locations and she's very she's very much so an expat i feel and talks about her um experiences on a coast-to-coast -coast life and I think for her it like oscillates between London 
New York and LA. And I, I feel that dichotomy a lot when I'm from Los Angeles and go to school back East, but also love London. So she's, she's great in that realm as well. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would you pick? Ooh, that's hard. I don't know. Let's see. Music industry. I don't know. I feel like the music industry is being a lot like a lot more democratized, which is good. I feel like you don't need to do the classic way of like um, needing a record label to promote your music before you can promote it yourself. Um, I think social media helps that a lot. Um, I don't know. I guess I think it's going in a, in a good direction. Um, it seems just like anyone who wants to be a musician can kind of put their stuff out there and there's a lot more of it, which I think is a really good thing because uh, you know, it enables people to just put whatever they're feeling out there in the world. Um, it is harder to sort through. Um, and I would say maybe perhaps just social media in general as they really, I hate that. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. So I found that I really don't like being on like TikTok. I like Instagram, but it just sucks that like I feel like I have to promote my music in these ways to get traction. And I don't think it's really that like healthy. So in a way it's, it's democratic in the way that everyone can do it and put their stuff out there. But I don't think it's really good for your like mental well-being to be checking like, shoot, did this get enough likes? Why am I getting enough likes on this post about my song and feeling like if you don't have a record label yet, that this is the way you have to do it, right? That you have to spend an ordinate amount of time on your phone, on your iPad or whatever, and like spend this, this energy trying to fit into this algorithm I think maybe that's a bad part but it is also a good thing in the same way that everyone can do it but I think it it makes you feel like you have to participate in it it, or else you won't you know blow up or something so I guess that's a negative yeah I I definitely feel that especially like from from a podcast standpoint you know, because yeah. I'm I'm doing all this myself, and I've I found that um, what I've started doing is limiting myself to an hour for my personal social media stuff, and then thirty minutes a day for like the podcast stuff, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. No, I know. I think it's good to set a timer on yourself. I think you can always go overboard or feel like you're not doing enough, but it's like you just got to stop at some point. Um, I feel like I'm already on my phone too much. And I wasn't really until I became musician and feeling like it's all on me, you know, because I am an independent artist right now. So it's like everything I do is like I do all the creative direction. I schedule well, like photo shoots. I schedule all like cover art, what I want my graphic design to be like, what I want the song to be like, writing the songs and performing and stuff. Um, and so it's like, it's really hard because I feel like it's all on me and I'm like, it's all on myself if I'm not getting the traction that I want. So I'm like, I feel like I constantly have to do something that is not healthy and you have to just (laughs) set limits for yourself, you know? What's a venue that you'd give anything to play? Mm. What is a really cool venue? I don't know. Where was the venue that I thought was so lit? Oh my God, I don't even know. I feel like I don't focus that much on venues itself. I'm trying to think of a really cool place that I went to that I really liked. I mean, Coachella's great. That's maybe a basic answer. I think it's, Coachella's really fun because it's just like a bunch of people and you discover all these acts that you wouldn't have 
gone for until you hear their music playing and you're like, oh, this sounds lit. Um, so I think any cool venue in which there's just a bunch of artists and you just, maybe people are there for one or two and then you find people that you're really into. I know that's what happened to me when I went to Coachella. I found really cool artists and I was just like, oh, this is so lit and just people around enjoying music. I don't know of like a specific venue itself. Um, I guess playing in a venue in DC would be so fun because it's just like my college town. Um, so it would feel really awesome and, and validating to like get to play over here. There's like the 930 club, the Anthem, um, where I'm seeing Chapel Roan and um, I don't think, yeah, but playing in my hometown or playing in my college town, sorry, would be cool because I feel like also that's where more people know my music is like um, in the university setting in, at Georgetown area. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? I have this thing where I really like, okay, so I put lyrics first, like above everything. And I always try to find, I always try to put a lot of lyrics into certain chord progressions. And I think it's like, I'm inserting too many words. And I think I have to get better at um, the simplicity of the words. I think I'm just a person that I put so much on the lyrics that I think I, I overdo it sometimes the lyrics. Um, also, before I go in for this always happens, but I work with a really awesome producer in Los Angeles um, named Steve Arnest, who did my um, first EP Foreigner and is doing this next um, sophomore EP. Um, and whenever I will come in, I always have like really long verses and like a really long pre-chorus. And he's like, okay, we're going to like do half of that. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Sounds good. Cause it's going to make it catchier. So I think that's good because if I write a bunch of words, I like know it's easier to cut it down rather than add to it because I just love having every single word mean something. Like I don't like having empty space on anything or a word feeling empty or not utilized and the best way that it could possibly be used. So um, I think I sometimes just overwrite and then in the end I'm like, okay, I gotta cut this, but it doesn't affect it too much um, until I get really, sometimes I'll be so like, I'll get so attached to something I've written and I'll just hate to have to sacrifice it. That is the worst, oh my gosh. I feel, I feel so attached. That's another bad thing about songwriting. I feel super attached to some words that I write and then I'm like, no, I have to cut it. I can't do it. I had a play, I did this lyric on my song Narcissist, which is about the DC dating scene and like really narcissistic aspiring politician types, which are very widespread at Georgetown and in the DC area. And I wrote something about him bragging about his MUN accolade when he was like in the sixth grade. And I was like, I don't have space for it, but it's so, it's such an iconic random thing that happened on this date that I really want to share. So I make sure to just like write about it on Instagram rather than have it in the song. But it's sad when you get attached to something, it's so hard. I'm also very sentimental and nostalgic person. And I think that that is also in my, in my songwriting process as well. Yeah. What's a song that anytime you hear it on like the radio or streaming, you go, damn, I wish I wrote that. Oh yeah, that's Crush, Crush by Ethel Kane. It is the best song ever. I'm convinced. I just listened to that for the first time this summer in July. And I just, it is incredible. Like the bass in that song is so good. Her voice is incredible. It's again, just like amazing explanation of like the female gaze. And um, 
I just love it. It's so good. Like I will never get tired of it. It was my number one song of 2022 when I did the Spotify wrapped. And like, it's the kind of song that I'm like, if I, if every song I make could be like this, that would be amazing. I'm obsessed with her. Like she is so good. That song is incredible. Everyone should check it out right now. It's amazing. Very good. Describe your perfect day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect day. Well, I don't know. The classes I'm taking right now are super cool. Um, so I'd say a perfect day would be like a two and a half hour seminar on like national security, anything intelligence related. Last semester, I took a counterintelligence national security class and it was like the coolest class I've ever taken ever. Um, anything about like Russia and East European history, I love. So like, I guess like a, a time of doing that uh, going on a date with a really cool dude. <laughs> That's always fun. Uh, hanging out with friends and writing songs, like with a really cool, you know, the best part of songwriting is like when you're improvising and then like you find a really cool melody and then you're like, oh, this is it. It's like the beginning of the songwriting process. So anything that would allow that to happen. And I really like having like a really good matcha latte and ooh, I love doing like long car drives with my sister because she has incredible taste in music. Um, so that's like a really, that's a really great, that's a great day that's filled with music and studies and friends and family. So it's a pretty packed, that's a pretty packed day. Um, but I guess it depends on where I am. Like in DC, that's able to happen with like classes. If I'm in LA, I love bike riding. I love Melrose Trading Post. I love, um, going to like Venice Beach and stuff so it depends on where I am but I'd say that's a good perfect day for like DC area what's a song lyric yours or someone else's Mm -hmm. that's always stuck with you um I don't know. I think, I think just being in DC itself, I wrote Venice Beach to DC when I was a sophomore here. So like two years ago. Um, And I have a lyric in my chorus that goes, and everyone here has politicians speak, but I've got the legally blonde in me. And I feel like that's a, that's kind of a motto I live by a lot here. Um, And so I feel like the lyrics would change uh, where I am, like what speaks to me on a daily basis, but here and being at school and wearing the kind of uh, crazy outfits that I do and having like a weird, bizarre kind of personality that maybe doesn't fit all the time with like very, you know, strict political science, international affairs, diplomacy vibe. I feel like I live by that motto a lot. Or like, I'll just come into lecture halls with like, red like bright red jumpsuits and like bright pink shirt and um like bright pink skirt and um corset tops like it's it's crazy sometimes like I'm kind of insane but it's it's super fun and I feel like it's just kind of like this is who I am it's all great I can like all these cool studies but also be a little creative and um kind of insane but also just loving life and all of its you know, all the things that it has to offer. So I think I live by that, that quote a lot of like, it's okay to be different and it's okay to show your 
inner quirky self. So, yeah. Nice. What's your favorite cuss word? Ooh, let's see. I think I use shit a lot in my songs. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, oh, no, I use goddamn a lot. I think goddamn is, like, I don't even, that's, I mean, it's probably a curse word, yeah. Goddamn is really great. I just, I really like it. I think it, it deviates on, like, it's on the border of, like, a cuss word and something you can still say, but goddamn is just very, like, goddamn, like, just very dramatic, like, damn, this is really an impact on me, so I think, I think goddamn is a great one. I did that in Venice Beach, D.C., and then I had it somewhere else. I think I have it in a new song that's coming up. I feel like I do, but I don't know. I use it a lot. Also, shit. I like shit. <clears throat> and Could I Be Your Muse? I use shit a lot, and I have a song coming out called your songs are shit soon um but could I be your muse there's a lyric where it's like um I don't give a shit if it's shitty and so I just I like that of like I don't know the um alliteration of that just keep saying shit I think shit is just really great it's a great word but goddamn also so those two I don't know which one to pick using only colors describe Mm -hmm. your music Ooh, okay. Lots of pink. I would say pink, like a dark blue for like a melancholic sound. Hmm. I don't know. There's, I don't think there's any red or greens. No oranges. I hate orange. I think white and black are always just great to have in general. So yeah, those four. I think the pink is a very like girly element to my music, which definitely has that. Um, blue, like a darker blue, I love. Oh, I'll do purples too. I think Femme Fatale is very blue and purpley and black. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I think those, those five colors then. Nice, excellent choices. What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Oh, yeah. I think, okay, so when I first recorded Venice Beach to D.C., um, so when we do in the recording studio, we had, like, a, a bassist and a drummer come in um, who were just, like, literally the most talented people ever. I'm so glad I got to gotta work with them. Um, and so uh, one of them was like, this sounds like it should be in a film. I was like, yeah, it totally does. Like, it sounds like the soundtrack. Well. I don't know, really based off like Legally Blonde. So I think it could be the soundtrack for any film in which a girl feels like she doesn't belong at first or people are telling her she doesn't belong and she's like, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, it has a very just, has a very sunny, fun anthem vibe about it. Um, I think that I could imagine Femme Fatale in like a film noir kind of type film. Um and then Could I Be Your Muse is very, like, has a very sunny vibe to it. So I don't know. Maybe, like, indie, indie, happy indie film, happy growing, what, coming of age film, <laughs> maybe. But, yeah, I think Venice Beach DC is, like, I would, I want that one. I will, I will, um, what is it? I will market that song as best as I can to be in a film. That would be great. 
So this next question is kind of a uh, choose your own adventure type thing. Uh, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I'll let you pick the one that you would like to answer in okay. this one. Uh, your choices are who are your influences? Mm -hmm. What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? Yeah, okay. I'll do the last one, creative process. That's a really fun one. I feel like, so my creative process, um, it always has to happen. It has to start off with some event. Like I can't just come to my guitar and just write something immediately. I have to be like in the event, in the knowledge of, oh, this is a great song. So for instance, when I wrote Narcissist, I went out on a date in quotations because it wasn't a date. Like I made it very clear it was not a date, but I was just talking to this guy who was like just so unaware of how narcissistic he was. And I was like, oh, I mean, this is a kind of waste of my time. This is such a great inspiration. So I like knew in that moment, I was like, yes, I need to write a song about this. So then I went and I wrote a song about it. For Venice Beach to DC, I don't know if it was like a specific an, uh, event, but a feeling I had been feeling just as a, just a, what is it? A conglomeration of like events in, in my life. It was like, I need to write a song about feeling out of place in this very political, you know, back East environment because I'm very weird. And then um, Could I Be Your Muse was like very about, the event was I went to, I went studying abroad in Florence and uh, with Georgetown to study like the works of Machiavelli and apply it to ideology, like current political affairs. And so we went to the Uffizi gallery and I saw the birth of Venus and I was like, I need to write a song about this because this is my favorite painting I've ever seen ever. And I love Botticelli. So that was a very distinct event. And then lastly, I'll give another example. I wrote your songs are shit when I was studying abroad at Trinity College in Ireland um, because I went to this guy's concert. And so I was like, I need to write a song about this. <laughs> so it always starts off with an event and I always do just improv lyrics. So I'll just do some chord progression that I think fits. If it's a more sad song that I want to write, it'll be, you know, a sadder chord progression or a happier chord progression if it's more fun and funny. Um, so when I'm at, when I'm with my guitar, I just, I do voice notes and I try to like get everything because I'm really scared of, of missing anything. And I'll just improvise random words and melodies and then I'll just keep revising and revising. And if I find something good in the previous session of doing this, then I'm like, okay, let's keep going in that direction. What can we do? And then when I feel like I have a good melody for the verse and chorus, then I really hone down on the lyrics themselves to make sure that the words I use are good. Um, the bridge is always pretty hard because the bridge is like, it has to be very impactful. It has to have a good melody, but it can't be the same. Or I try not to do it the same as a verse or a chorus. Um, so usually I have to just like change up the chords in some way. But I think it's just a lot of the processes, event, improv lyrics while I'm playing some chord progressions and then revise, 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 lyrics, revise, 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 revise. And then when I pitch it to like a producer, we'll go through a process of like, okay, we'll, we'll make this more like we have to cut down this pre-chorus. It's too long. We want to get to the chorus like immediately or if I'm feeling a little insecure about a certain thing or I'm like, I don't really like this, this melody, I'll just spend like a day just like, okay, let's just come up with a totally different melody. How can I make the sound more um, interesting? And I'll just, when I come into like the 
the studio the next day, I'll just be like, here's something I came up with that I think is better than before. Um, and that's usually the case for like pre-courses. I try to make my pre-courses interesting. Like for Femme Fatale, I had a pre-course that I was happy enough with, but then I was like, this is not fun enough. So I just randomly played different things. And then I was like, this fits the mood more. I don't know, it's a lot of improv. I don't know how to explain it. It's just kind of like improv. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Or no, better. <laughs> so yeah, to try to do. Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I think artist first. I think entertainment, I do think I like to entertain. I haven't been able to, I would say an artist right now. I think an artist, I don't do things. I do things a lot for like what I think is important and I'm not so concerned about reception of it. I mean, I wanna make my songs catchy and like likable obviously, but I don't know. I feel like I'm very much so like, what do I think is needed for, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. Entertainer, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you need to entertain to be like a musician. I think also I haven't done that many performances um, just in general because I've been really busy with studying and a lot of my research. Um, so I feel like I, I, I guess I'd consider myself more of an inter entertainer when I get more into the whole like, you know, performing place. But right now it's a lot, it's a very individual process. And the way in which I interact with people is through like the reception of the music I put out. Um, so I would say right now, I consider myself more of an artist. How many alarms does it take to uh, get you out of bed in the morning? Mm, I think, Sometimes I'll skip alarms, but I mean, if I have class in the morning, I can't skip class. So <laughs> I have to get up basically. I will get up when I, when my alarm tells me to get up. If I don't get up, it means like I didn't get up at whatever time I tried to get up at. But if I have class, I have class like 11. So I always try to give up, get up by 10 to get like breakfast and stuff. And I can't miss that. I did miss my class though this past week, which I felt really horrible, but I get two free passes from my teacher. Thank God. Cause I was just, I was doing research the night before because I have this symposium I'm, I'm like presenting some research at this next, this coming week. No, no, yeah, this next Friday. Oh my gosh, yeah, coming up. So I was just doing research really late until like three or four in the morning and then I just slept through it. But alas, what can you do? At least it was for an academic reason. Like I don't just, I don't skip my alarms. It was for like, it was for an academic reason. I was just studying too much, but I try, I try not to skip alarms. I try to be pretty good pretty solid. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I might play into that misconception too. Um, misconceptions about I guess, I don't know. I guess I thought of this more in terms of like performers generally, but I think there is kind of a, a narcissistic element, like by the fact of you thinking that you have something of value and being an entertainer too, I think it can kind of be like, you can be seen as maybe arrogant. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. 
Um, I think there are a lot of people that just want to hear themselves and want to, to see themselves um, out there and for fame and stuff. But I think a lot of it is done just for personal self-therapy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I have any like misconceptions. I guess, I don't know, the fact that I was able to be like consider myself an artist after like just knowing a few chord progressions, I think um, there should be no misconception about who can't or can't be an artist. Like, I think honestly, if you know how to like tell your story and like sing and you can do like, I don't know, just like a, a four chords together, you can basically make a song. So I think anyone should feel capable of being a musician in whatever way they want to, they want to call that. Um, there's no right way to being a, a musician and, um, I don't know. I don't really know that many conceptions about musicians. Um, I guess I couldn't, I wouldn't have thought to call myself one until um, I was like, oh no, like if you're making music, you're maybe, you're just a musician. That's cool. Like it's not so, it's not so elite of of a group as long as you, yeah, have something to tell. Um, You have a voice in whatever way that that is whatever that manifests itself. And if you're willing to put it out there, yeah, call yourself a musician, it's cool. It's a very, I think it's a broad, like inclusive term that can include lots of people. Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. Mm, Okay, Um, so I think my debut single, like I did not expect to get really good like reception, but not, I didn't, no, I didn't not accept it. I just, it, I was so happy. Like, it's so fun. Cause like at Georgetown, like, I feel like a lot of people like my music, which is so nice. Cause like, I'll just be at a party and someone will come up to me like, oh, you're the girl with that song. Right. Or like, oh, you're the Venice Beach DC girl. And I'm like, oh my God. Yes. And they're like, I love that song. Or like my friends were walking somewhere and then they sent me a video. They're like, oh my God, Sophia, this like party is like playing your music and like frat parties and stuff. And I'm just like, this is so, this is so nice. Like, I'm so happy about this. I feel like it's so, it's so nice when your work is like, have, has a good reception from people your age because people your age can be the harshest critics. Also my sister is a really harsh critic. So that's another thing. Oh my gosh, if my family likes my music, I love it. I love my sister Victoria so much. She's like the coolest person ever. She's like coolest person in the most objective way. Like super popular in high school she's so hot and amazing and she like growing up we had a very interesting relationship because like she'd call me cringy um but I forgive her for that but like when I did what a waste this song she would tell me she's like this is like such a good song the lyrics are so good and I felt so validated by her because she's so cool and she's super smart and so when my when my fam likes the music especially my sister Victoria it's a very very great thing and when college students like my music and people that I know, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so nice that you like my music. That's so cool. Unless they're all capping and they're all lying to me just to be fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I think they mean it, which is nice. If you could start your career over from the minute that you decided to pick up a guitar, would you do anything different? Ooh, okay. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I wait. It was good because I waited enough. Like I waited a year 
So I started guitar like March, 2020, right when the pandemic happened. That's when I started learning how to play the guitar. And then I wrote like about 70 songs. And then the next year, the summer of 2021, I contacted this producer in LA that I found in a, in a magazine. And I was like, oh, hey, can we produce songs? So I feel like I gave myself like 70 songs to like, what is the best song I could get out there? Um, and I don't think I would have wanted to wait any longer because I was really like, just, I was anxious. I was like, I want to put out music or I want to make really cool music. And if I think if I waited any less, I would have just not been in the right mode and maybe didn't have the songs ready. Because Venice Beach DC, I wrote like April. And then I think I, I turned it over. I was like talking to the producer at first in like June or July. So I don't know. I think I kind of like where everything ended up. Um, I think definitely my music has gotten like better. Like I'm more proud of the music I just did, but that's natural because you, you know, you progress. I like the artwork I'm doing a lot more. I like the cover art, the kind of vibe, the aesthetic of, of my projects. Um, that's just grown with, with time and seeing what other artists do and being inspired by other photographers and, and models and stuff. So yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with where everything came, uh, came out and, um, I'm really excited for the next chapter. So, yeah. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. Yes. So I'm all on all streaming platforms. Just look up Sophia Marie um, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, everything like that. Um, Also on SoundCloud. Um, So just look up Sophia Marie and my latest song, Could I Be Your Muse, which is inspired by Botticelli's Birth of Venus in Florence at the Uffizi Gallery. Um, And check out my other singles and my first EP. And I have my next sophomore EP coming out really soon. I don't have a release date yet, but it's going to be super cool. And I'm super excited for it. It's going to be so lit. And where can they find you on uh, social media? Yes, you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter all social media platforms. Um, it's LA, LA dot Sophia Marie. And I like that because it's like La Sophia Marie, like the Sophia Marie in French, because I do speak French and also LA as in Los Angeles. So LA dot Sophia Marie, check me out there. Well, thank you uh, so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me a little bit about your music. I have enjoyed this so, so much. Yes, thank you so much. It was so fun. Thank you. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent. 